It's a good show. Welcome to You're Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual Healing. So we have a new Congress, you guys. That's true. Which is very exciting. That's the Democrats true. are now in control of the House, and the House. Senate still is in Republican hands. That's correct. But there was one notable swearing-in that happened with Kirsten Cinema. She is the Arizona, um, officially the Arizona senator. Who I sent $25 to back last Good for you. April, you son I, of a bitch. I indirectly did because I give to the Victory Fund, which supports oh. LGBT candidates, which she is... That she's a bise- openly bisexual very vague, um, very senator. Vague. She's the f- <laughs> she's the first openly bisexual. She's not the first LGBT senator. That's right. Though. Tammy Baldwin. Tammy Baldwin is of Wisconsin. I think I told you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what? so. I told, I told you that the first time. Nah, I've known her about forever years. She, um, she, sw- she was sworn in not by holding a Bible, which is uncommon when you get sworn in. So the how the ceremony works is the vice president, who is also the president of the Senate in terms of right. how our constitution works, Mike swears penis. in Mike Penis. Yes, swears in all of the new senators. Well, she wasn't all the senators, um, and they go in groups. And Kristen Cinema was wearing a really awesome fur sort of coat with a really tight dress it was really beautiful with arizona flowers on it right like yeah uh, it was like white and black and it was just really good anyway she did she did i don't know i don't know if she's an atheist or not but she chose to be sworn in on a constitutional law book instead (laughs) of a bible which is sort of a bit surprising for a senator Mm -hmm. um i don't think it's that uncommon though is it i think it's pretty uncommon because you can choose the bible you can choose whatever you get sworn in on you don't have to obviously have it i mean you could be sworn in on i think anything you could be sworn in and I'll cover People Magazine if you really wanted to be. But really? I think I don't think it has to be anything specific. Elliot would, no be, Ellie, Ellie would be sworn in on Playgirl. The, swear- <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the actual swearing in is really just what you say, not necessarily what your hand is on. Right. right. Um, but she chose the constitutional law book, which was really kind of bold. Yeah, and, I mean, the internet was loving it because the man holding the law book was Mike Pence. Who, yeah, who Mike Pence, who is very, very sort of, I mean, I think it's fair to say anti-gay. And he was very cordial mm-hmm. towards her. And he, you know... Because yeah. he, he's a human. Because he's a human being, <laughs> he can exactly. function like a person. Um, but he, uh, she, was, she was pretty bold in sort of standing there and doing her own thing. Which yeah, I thought it was, was a pretty fierce move on she her She is, part. because her election was really surprising. I mean, I remember I did a podcast uh, not too long ago, and people, straight people were surprised, the straight host of the show, was surprised that she was bi. It wasn't an issue in the campaign, really. Right, yeah. Her being bisexual, which I, I think is awesome that we've reached a place where, I mean, in my opinion, I think maybe coming out as bisexual is a little less harmful than coming out as gay. Stigmatized, right. Um, I think she's single. I think she's divorced. I'm not sure. I don't know. She also has her JD, PhD, and MSW. What's a JD? Uh, a lawyer. JD? Yeah, she was a, a congresswoman. Oh, she was a congresswoman before she was a right. senator. Oh, cool. She's and, a congresswoman in a swing district and was very popular. She's really, a, I think, a fantastic candidate. She's, and yeah, I think she, if, you know, I think she has a long future ahead of her. She's, I do she's, think being and she's very is, young and is she's very young. She's as, you know, I think. Um, you know, uh, 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 significant yeah. as being a lesbian. Well, no, or gay. I don't. I don't think so because I think on some level, 
It's Alan, it's LGBTQ. <laughs> no, I do think that, you know, just just like, I mean, I'm not not to dismiss bi people at all. I mean, that's yeah, a very legitimate sexuality. Oh, you son of a bitch. Oh and, but I do think societally it is less yeah. damning to say someone is bisexual because people, you, to, to people who are very much ignorant to gay issues, LGBT in general issues, they think, oh, well, you like this too like so you go you yeah. go both ways which is cool like, also that's... also women are quote right. allowed to be exactly. gay fast i yeah. remember this is the weirdest thing there's no openly bisexual congress or senators i remember there. i really? took this no not huh. sen u.s senators not right yet. no yeah i took this uh contemporary moral issues class in college and we were talking about like these really kind of contentious debates back when i was a senior in college so this is you know obviously 25 years after you guys graduated but, <laughs> sure uh, <clears throat> i remember <clears throat> the teacher this young Canadian professor, on the day we were going to talk about homosexuality, he came into class and he started off by saying, guys, I just have something to talk tell you. Um, it's been on my chest for a while, and so I just really want to kind of clear the air and say, I love lesbians. Wow. And it what? was it was <laughs> so crazy, and he got no laughs. This is, this is one of these, like, 500-person lecture halls. Huh. And everyone, like, Michigan's a relatively uptight, you know, kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, liberal school. Everyone was just staring at That's each other. So weird. What does like, that mean? He, was it a he joke? Likes watch, yeah, he likes watching lesbian porn. Was the oh. was the insinuation of that? Huh. It was so weird. He was like a thirty five year old Canadian guy who made that joke. Uh well, Canadian. <laughs> That's so strange. <laughs> yeah, no. She and her election was really interesting. It was a really, really close election. I think it was one of the last U.S. Senate races called. That's right. Um, it was between she was her, losing on election night. But yeah. Then, it was between her and Martha McSally, who still yeah. the funniest name I've ever heard. Martha McSally, really? What a great, what a great name. Have you ever have you ever met a, an Irish person? Or just... Yeah, it seems Martha pretty normal. McSally is yeah. so funny. Really? Oh, yeah, it just sounds like it should be like Sally McMarthy Mc, or something. I don't know. Yeah. It sounds like it should yeah. be. But she, they had, they had a very close election, and right. then uh, Martha wound up losing. And in her concession speech, she had her dog, and it became sort of a viral <laughs> concession. It was like a because it, it was a really cordial concession. It sure. wasn't a bitter concession at all. And then um, she was just recently appointed yeah. to the Senate seat. I forget who's retiring. So yeah, so the woman who lost the Senate Flake? election is it Flake? You know, so Cinema uh, won, won Flake's seat. Yes. Okay. Uh, but John McCain from the same state obviously died, yes. and so the the woman that Cinema beat was then appointed to John McCain's, seat. which I think is actually kind of awesome. I mean, I sure. I, I personally would want always a she's very conservative, Martha McSally, and I would want a very liberal person representing state. But right. I do think it is kind of great that two people who clearly voters were very enthusiastic about both people. I mean, there was such a close election that the state was a split uh, between the two of them. I do think it's kind of right that they're both in there. Also, this doesn't always bear out, but women uh, politicians are, generally speaking, more moderate, and they compromise more than male politicians. I so, think statistically that's probably statistically, yeah. true. Um, but I also think statistically that's kind of hard to <clears throat> be a legitimate argument because there, unfortunately, aren't enough female politicians in this country, elected sure. officials in this country. To, I think there's enough to, to match, enough. <laughs> to match how many men how many are out do there. We need? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, if, if you're looking for someone to sort of rally around and Google about, definitely Google Kirsten Cinema. She's an interesting yeah. one. Yeah. And I also wonder, you know, 
because I, I, I felt, you know, I feel like I rarely hear the term like openly bisexual, especially in, in government, obviously. Well, the governor of Oregon is. Right. But I guess my point, my question is like, does that sway people? Because she was clearly out before while she was running. I don't think it was ever an issue, honestly, because generally... I, I, I don't mean an issue per se. I just mean like, do you think that it... Did, did that excite worse, the bisexual community? Right, exci- no, I mean, does it excite <laughs> the voters? Does it turn off voters? I don't think she's attracting many yeah. conservative voters, so there's that element to it. And it probably excited – I mean, because I'm sure Democrats in Arizona have always had to skew a little <laughs> bit more moderate than progressive because uh-huh. of the layout of the state. But the state's changing, and the state is becoming more and more sort of – people of color and yeah, it's becoming sure. i mean it's becoming more and more progressive as the years go on but and also so, she was a green party she was originally a part of the green party oh, wow. until yeah. just recently then when she ran for uh, congress congress she was a very moderate uh, house representative yeah. which is by the way that's how it's supposed to be exactly yeah you know we have all these people that you know we have all these people on facebook who say you know so and so didn't agree with Beto O'Rourke didn't agree with me enough of the time. I hate him. Yeah. And it's like, but Beto O'Rourke or whomever is representing, the, he's voted by the people and he's supposed to be representing the people. And unless he's it's also a running fundamental an election, issue, I mean, I think I, what, what pisses me on, <clears throat> I get, and again, this goes to, you know, this resist idea about uh, how if you're not 100% with me yeah. ideologically, you're my enemy. You're my enemy. And it's like, there's no consideration. This is one of the things I had with Claire McCaskill in Missouri, my home state, is that she took a very, very moderate to conservative stance during the election because it was a very close election. And she was trying very hard to maintain that seat. And she didn't. She got killed. I yeah. mean, it was a horrible election. I mean, it was really bad. And, but and she took a moderate stance on what? Took a moderate stance on some Trump issues yeah, and some yeah. and, and the big the big issue in Missouri was that the state Democratic Party came out and said that they will allow and support candidates who don't necessarily support abortion, who aren't necessarily pro-choice, they're pro-life. And that there's a umbrella window for Democratic candidates in Missouri and liberal activists in Kansas City and St. Louis um, were just very angry about that move by the Democratic Party. And Claire McCaskill wouldn't speak on it. She would say she essentially supported it, saying this is a wide umbrella that we should take with Democrats and liberal activists really, really, I think, cost her that election. Hmm. And yeah. it, it was... It was uh, well, I wouldn't say that, I think, Alan. I think she it, lost by six points. I think I mean, they, that's a lot of I votes. think they definitely helped. I mean, if you lose parts of Kansas City and St. Louis and you're a Democrat, you're gone. You got well, nothing. Uh, I, guys, don't, I, don't, guys, I don't refute that. But I, I, can I mean, we get back I mean, to talking about her coat? <laughs> <laughs> Not even joking. We're here with Ray Sani today. Ray, hi. Hi. Hey, Ray. 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 A comedian, hey, Ray. a writer, wrote for Rel, The Good Place. Good Place is so good. Yeah. So good. And it's my bad. I uh, completely uh, just assumed you were uh, a gay woman it was or a bisexual the woman. The funniest <laughs> encounter I've ever because seen. Because I completely Elliot misremembered a show from eight years ago in New York. <laughs> Can we reenact it real quick? I'll be Elliot. <laughs> so, Ray, you, um, identify you identify as, as like <laughs> bi or lesbian. It's like, I'm oh, straight. I'm straight. Oh. I'm <laughs> With that being said, your podcast yeah. uh, is called Miss Andry, mm-hmm. and the and the word Miss Andry means yeah. 
hating men. of men. Yeah. yeah, yeah, hating men. And that's a that's but you a can hate thing. men and still love a dick. Yeah, that's true. Sure. I'm that way. It's in a lot an of ways. issue. Yeah. I hate it so much. Yeah. yeah. Do you hate men? Uh, do you hate men? Is it a, is it a time to hate men? I mean, I'm surprised that you. I was surprised that you love men. First, first of all, first of all, are you lesbian? Are you bi? What, how do you? Call I like it? to ask people identify. It's important. It is no, important, but then you would imply that I know <laughs> that yeah. they identify. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I'm totally good with it. I'm totally. I'm glad you asked. Okay, me asked. too. How funny would that be if it happened? Dick to oh. That's what it is. <laughs> so yeah, do you so hate do you men? Hate men? <laughs> I hate that I love men is the yeah. issue mm. is the issue but I like unpack men. that what do you mean by that well I mean like I'm a feminist I'm pretty progressive sh- socially um, and then you know all the fiscal fiscal stuff and uh, most dudes that I'm encountering are not gonna be as progressive or like open as I am and so you know dating straight dudes they can't even figure out like how to be good to the women they want to be with so mm-hmm. it's it's a whole other thing trying to get them to be forward thinking and progressive on a lot of stuff so what have been some issues that like come up the most maybe bones of contention where you're dating a guy and he just does not see eye to eye with you on Mm. situation you know belief x or something oh uh that's usually because i see that he's cheating and he don't want me to see that <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, i don't really date people i disagree with a lot yeah. uh, but that means welcome to my world <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's like i need to build a safe space like my home is supposed to be a sanctuary like mm-hmm. i'm not yeah. gonna have somebody who thinks you know my cousin is inferior you right. know be in my house right. yeah that's how i right. feel when people are like not cool with my dog or not that's not, even, <laughs> it's not cool it's like you should be cooler with my dog yeah <laughs> this has come up a couple dog. times in the podcast this Elliot does not like I'm people a dog is a child for uh, Elliot for doesn't even person. like people who don't say that his dog is cute on no, the first that's date that's not me that, well that is me but also <laughs> we had a guest who agreed to the same thing I, mean, d- mm, I don't know man I'm not an animal person oh, no <laughs> you and Brent yeah that's Brent that's, refers to fr- are you a native New York is that what it is I know. It's funny. In fact, uh, we've done this podcast. This is what our thirty-first episode. Mm, The most serious I've ever seen Elliot and Alan is two weeks ago when they told me to my face, "You are not an animal." And that well, he refers to he refers to Brent um, to Alan's cat Fraser as it. (laughs) It. It. Look, it's a cute cat. It has a name. It it in that instance too. What? I feel seen. I feel seen, Brent. Gender him. Hard to not like animals in America. I know. Oh my god, is that a dating thing too? Like, do you find? I mean, it is for me. And as as you and Brent are not animal people, have you gotten? Have you like found that that's been a touchy issue? Well, you know, because I'm the one who has the issue. I gotta be the tolerant one. I gotta be open. That's how Michael was. Michael wasn't an animal person, right? He became one. Yeah, Yeah. or he became one with my cat. Wait, have you tolerate? Have you learned to like tolerate an animal? I've never dated somebody. Who has an animal? Really? really? Not wow. that I can think of. Like I've smashed people with dogs, I think, but like, <laughs> but I don't. No, I don't think I've been like you know seeing and hanging out yeah. with. Interesting. Anybody That's an rare in LA because I find in LA more people have pets. Yeah, because, because it's, it's so lonely. Easier. It's yeah. isolated. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, you went really. for something entirely. You're like space. She's like, it's lonely. It's sad, and I'm like, there's so much space. <laughs> and you can have people. I was like, there's green space. There's green space. I know. Glass. 
glass half full this side of the room. Glass well, because my roommate today told me that I needed an animal, and I'm like, I refuse to pick up shit that's not mine. I don't even pick up yeah. my own shit. Yeah, yeah. Ray, get a fish. <laughs> get a fish. Don't you can't cuddle with a fish. No, you can't. Fish. What about turtle? Turtles are cute. Don't get turtles a turtle. Are cute. Turtles do like turtles. You. They're cute. They no, but forever. they're not cuddly. I Wait. do like the I like the cuddly part of mm-hmm. a kitten or a puppy. Mm-hmm. But the solution to my loneliness is not getting a thing that can't talk to me. Yeah, Wait, Ray, I have a question. Well, yeah. So, can gay guys fall under the whole misandry situation? Yeah, like, there's can they lots be sh- of as, misandry. And do you gay find gays. gay guys sometimes just as shitty as straight men? Yeah, I think everybody sucks. Yeah, you, inter- you internalize a lot of shit, even if you're supposed to be like woke and part of some marginalized community. Right. I'm sure I offend people on yeah. a daily, and I try not to. You know, particularly though, like what, like within your experience with sort of the queer community and gay men specifically, what sort of what situations have you been in where gay oh. men have definitely stepped out of line? Oh, you know, like, uh, this is more like in college, though. You know, grabbing my boobs and being mm. like, it's okay because yeah, they don't. Guilty. Uh, I'm pointing at Brent. Uh, Guilty. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You didn't do that to Ray. We should clarify. I did not do that to Ray. No, I did not do that to Ray. But I, I was one of those. I don't. I didn't ever do it to strangers, but I... Like would gr- I would touch my friend's boobs and I want really? to behead myself. And now he just touches our dicks. He yeah. just touches our dicks. Not true, I just think but... like <laughs> I want to be clear. Yeah, I want to be clear. I do not touch Alan's dick. You're Elliot. It's uh, just uh, it's just right now it does feel like like there. I love when I hear get, just guys in general say there's a, there, there's a war on men. No, oh dear. It is the and to me it is like the it's the funniest thing, but at the same time it's actually dangerous because these like aggressive alpha males are aggressive alpha males so when they say they're being persecuted they're the ones that react the most to it and then make like the most trouble Mm -hmm. or they get you know like the the history of men is violence against everybody else and so when you say there's a war on you when there was no war to be found y'all was still violent so when you feel justified by using language like that then the response is going to be aggressive and alarming you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, it reminds me, conservatives like to say this. I think we've talked about this a couple of times. Conservatives love saying, actually, the most close-minded people I know are, are liberals. liberals. Oh, yeah, because right. we don't tolerate their bullshit. Because <laughs> we don't tolerate their <laughs> entrenched uh, <laughs> racism or homophobia or whatever. Right. And then they say, well, you're the close-minded one. Yep. Like, no, <laughs> no <laughs> we're not. That's not how it works. Yeah. Yeah, also, like, I mean... Yeah, I'm intolerant to some shit. Like, I'm liberal and I'm intolerant to some shit. You can't call my mama a cunt to my face. Like, we're not going to do that. I'm not tolerating that. And you would get rocked in the face if you tried it. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hit anybody. I'm not violent. Uh, I would feel like calling... (laughs) But no, but fundamentally, like, if you support sort of uh, immigrant coming to this country looking for... uh, what is it? Something status. I'm blanking. Asylum? Asylum. Thank you. Sure. Looking for asylum because of danger back home. Liberal people like to say, well, that's a humanitarian crisis. That's a need that we have mm-hmm. to be able to protect these people from the danger in which they f- they face elsewhere in less sort of uh, first world yeah. countries. And, and that's a third world country. They're coming to first yeah, world. Yeah. And, and liberals take that on. And so like, yeah, you want to support that. You want to be right. about that. That's not being closed minded. Right, right. Let me ask you, Ray. How how do you? I guess how do you date? How do you meet guys? 
And how do you date? How do you smash like, Well, up? how do you meet yeah. guys when you're weary of them as, right. as completely Well, you know, I fuck my friends a lot. <laughs> really? Yeah. I feel like every time I've been with somebody it, recently, it's been a friend or somebody who knew me in the past and came back for me when things started oh, to go what? well. It just happens. Yeah. Nice. I rarely take my shirt off in front of anyone I have to make eye contact with again. Yeah, he likes <laughs> Really? Yeah, yeah. He likes I can't I'm a tourist kind of guy. No, I'm not <laughs> yeah. a... Because, you know, the problem with being straight and smashing dudes is it's uh they don't care about the other person's pleasure they're not sort of sure um you know trained to be concerned with a woman's pleasure and so i can't just smash anybody because it's gonna be a bad time right sure. yeah. right, right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah i just smash my friends i smash people i'm around all the yeah. time um, i love you, that are you people t- i'm around yeah. yeah that's a great term wait is I that why you're around yeah. yeah i mean <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna be well, how do you at the end of this oh. but how do you roll into that with a friend <laughs> i mean i guess i know it, it happens have but... you never slept with a friend yeah no. i don't I don't think I've ever Me slept either. with a friend. Really? In my life. really? Never. I've tried it like once or twice. Never. I've, also, I have this weird thing where I, when someone becomes a friend, they become almost unattractive, sexless, sexless yeah, to me. Completely. Yeah, completely. I've always um, done that. I maybe I do it unconsciously where I become friends with somebody I think I want to smash yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I don't keep in contact. They're not still my friends. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, that's the difference. There's only one person in my life. Or, Two, I can think of right now that like I've fucked more than once that I still talk to, and we not gonna fuck again. I'm, huh. I'm sorry, could you please say smash? Oh, smash! Uh. Excuse me, <laughs> smash. I do think it's interesting. I mean, one thing that I've always found within the gay community, at least in my how I've experienced things, is that there is this sort of open sexuality amongst. Friends, I mean, there are people that I've had sex with that I legitimately would call my friend, but I don't want to have a relationship with them. It's yeah, I've had, purely I've had. a sexual, platonic sexual. Sure, sure. And it's weird, and yeah. but it but it works, and that's something that I love about being gay is that <laughs> we're not like stressed within the idea of yeah. being in a relationship sure. and getting married and having children and all Absolutely. these norms that society puts on you. So like. Are you? Do you think you're sort of existing in that way? Well, um, I'm not free. I'm not as free as I would like to be. Yeah. I have lots of hangups. Um, you know, I turned thirty uh, last year, and um, oh, so you're, you're, you're talking about thirty-one. Yeah, I'm the oldest person in this room. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> no, um, but you know. Um, when I turned thirty, I didn't turn thirty last year. I turned thirty in 2017, but. Um, when I turned 30, like, all of a sudden, all these things that I didn't think I was worried about started to bother me. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm a married. Do I freeze my eggs? Yeah. Like, I got to date with a purpose now. Yeah. I got to find people that I'm compatible with who could be the father of my children. I, like, was not thinking about that wow. um, until it's, pretty recently. It's interesting because I, I've wondered, I've always been someone who doesn't really feel the pressure to be in relationships, to have kids. It's something I'm kind of preparing for always, but, like... I just don't I'll have one day out of three every three months I'll be like why do I have nothing to my name (laughs) why why am I living the way I live and then it just goes away and I've wondered if that's because as a gay guy you're not limited you're not yes but also like you don't have that societal pressure there's no expectation you should have gotten someone pregnant well yeah yeah, because I mean like I I never really thought about having kids like I've been moving through my life like trying to be successful and things like that so I've thought about having kids the way that people think about having kids but if we you know if we had to crunch numbers it would be a rough life for that baby (laughs) right now but like I have to be aware of that in a way that and the thing 
that trips me up the most, if we're talking about societal pressures, is I wish I could just decide I'm just going to be a cool aunt. I have Mm -hmm. a niece and a nephew. I think my youngest sister would have kids too. So like I could be just the one, the middle auntie, the weirdo who didn't have kids (laughs) out in California. But the problem is there's something that causes me so much anxiety about you know, something as silly as like, and I like to think I'm better than this because I'm a misandrist, but, you know, I'm very terrified that I will meet somebody and fall in love with them at 36 and I won't have preserved my eggs. And then, you know, I can't give a child to somebody like that's a ridiculous concern, but it's one that I do have. I think it's ridiculous. It's like, I mean, part of it is like biological. Yeah, of I mean, course. You know, and unfortunately, it, women are I mean, that's saddled that I, with that expectation. I, I wonder about like well, how is, much how much is is it society saying that you want you should give someone a child? Yeah. Because I mean, is there a biological thing within you that says you have you should be wanting to have a child? I, I mean, I so. feel it. I feel it. Like my, the way the thing in my brain happened didn't feel like yeah. I was susceptible to it suddenly, and I wasn't before. I think yeah. there was just mm. a switch. I don't think it's in complete control of how I feel. Like the anxiety about about not wanting to give a man a child is certainly something I learned along the way. Yeah, but I think the you know wanting to like like getting. St- stupid horny yeah yeah all the time now that i'm 30 and yeah. you know like seeing dudes that i used to not want to and i yeah. let myself do it like yeah that's um get I that biological response yeah, yeah. Well, I, th- I mean i also have a lot of female friends who like once they turned 30 33 34 yeah. 35 were like well now i have to take on freezing the eggs freezing mm-hmm. my eggs which is yeah. a laborious process expensive, expensive process expensive, right. painful physically painful. Yeah. it's like Jesus Christ, you guys can't win. It's, yeah. like, it's, it's and, so pathetic. And, and if you start freezing your eggs at 33, them bad eggs. Yes. <laughs> well, it also makes me feel bad because it's like... Spoiled eggs. I mean, Spoiled like, eggs. why is the only... I mean, sure, there's other options, but, like, the other options almost seem secondary to... It's like you have to have them biologically. So the idea of adoption or yeah. having a sur- or doing anything else, any other option seems like there's always a second choice. It's yeah. like well, it, yeah. it almost seems like lesser than. And it's yeah, like, well, you're not a woman if you don't bear children. Exactly, right. and that's and that's what's so shitty because that to me is like a societal thing. That's society saying I, like you're I, not a woman. I always love Jenny Slate. Would always uh, I heard her say this once. Uh, she was like, if you are a woman and you tell someone you don't want children, they think you're a bad person. Yeah, you're yeah. a bad person. It's insane. Right? I just think it's such a perfect way to kind of summarize yeah. it and and even and though I think I you're have, selfish yeah. mm-hmm. for acknowledging that you w- wouldn't be a good parent or that you yep. don't want to be and I feel like if you God, that's if you're a, a parent God, that's a blessing yeah, but why yeah. should you even acknowledge like you don't, shouldn't even have to acknowledge that there's so many things I'm not going to do in life that I don't have to acknowledge to anybody because yeah. because it's I mean because, it, but that's the, the bare of women yeah exactly yeah, but I mean like I do it like I have married friends and I'm like so when's the baby coming yeah and yep. I and oh, I'm supposed to be more enlightened than that. Yeah. So when's the baby coming? Slash. When do I stop hanging out at your house? <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. True. <laughs> so, they, they already got puppies, and now they're gonna have a kid. I'm not coming. They at already them. have an annoying dog, and now they're getting a more annoying thing. <laughs> yeah, they're Exactly. Rinse um, uh, my speed. Yeah, yeah, you guys. So this was this was funny. I I thought about this when you were talking mis- about mis- uh, misandry. Uh, is that I remember Elliot and I years ago we did a web series and we went to this. We were on this the out one hundred list. Okay. Right. We went to this gala. Oh my god. Oh boy. And it was all the people on the list and uh-huh. it was, you know a bunch of other I guess 
fucking gay dudes uh, <laughs> and women in, in New York and I remember walking fucking in literally yeah, or yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just people just at just, this just, party just people at this party <laughs> and I remember walking in and it was the most intimidating and I don't get necessarily intimidated much sure it was the most intimidating room I'd ever walked in wow. it was like these the energy was very muscular 60 year old men everywhere mm. with tight button down shirts like ch- wearing children's shirts but, <laughs> but they're like ripped and and we met a bunch of people. They were all so cold and Very hostile cold, to yes. us. Someone, one guy yeah. literally demeaned me for yeah. being on the list. I'm like, and this. He, and he worked at the magazine. The guy. There was someone who worked at the magazine who made fun of me for being on the list. I think Wait, he, I, I think he it was the angle crazy. He was coming it was at it for but That's so weird. It was a reminder, and I always tell people this: gay men are still men. Yes, exactly. And yeah. men tend to be, obviously, being stereotypical here, but they tend to be aggressive, mm-hmm. competitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think all gay men also embrace some feminine traits. Once again, stereotypical of catty, mean, and cutting. Sometimes, mm-hmm. I'm just saying. And and in particular, in a big city, you're gonna get you're gonna get you know, men are going to be even more aggressive, I think, in big cities because people move to big cities to hmm. become a big deal. Quote, yeah. Quote. Okay. And to stick around in a big city, you have to be a big deal because you have to make a lot of money to mm-hmm. still live in that city. Yeah. Uh, so and anyway, I guess the point is like, I, I've always found that gay men, I think we kind of slip under the radar when it comes to misogyny, but I think we have tons of it. Yeah, gay oh, yeah. guys are, are not held accountable often for the right. misogyny. And, uh, because straight people don't want to seem homophobic. Exactly. And so that is something yeah. that the three of us are always like, but, 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 you know, yeah. like, you, huh. you're, you're allowed, you're allowed, he's yeah. being an asshole. It's, it's huh. okay, you know? It's allowed, you're allowed to call out a gay guy for being a jerk. And, and it doesn't have anything to do with and the And it sexuality. doesn't mean that you're a bigot. Right. You're not picking on him because he's gay. You're just calling him out for, I don't think we've hit a point in our movement yet in which liberal people feel comfortable being like no you're wrong or no dude you can't say that or do that ah, but you see i'm twice a minority <laughs> yes. so if a white gay person's doing something i feel comfy oh, God. <laughs> that's great I feel good great. for you um I, I you know i just i feel like you know yes i think there but not only is there like misogyny in uh the gay community, I think it's a specific, like, very specific kind where it's just, you know, like, we, they can be very unkind about our appearances because, mm-hmm. you know, they're not sexually attracted. So they, yeah. a lot of people don't think it's this, it's as harmful, but it is because you're still sort of reducing women to their looks or, um, you know, the thing I will say that I have had problems with <laughs> is how some gay men talk about pussy like oh, vaginas yeah it's just like hey man like i don't need another person disgusted with the concept of <laughs> was, my sex yeah. organs i was just gonna bring man, up i'm fucking already like the doing buzzfeed that we talked about on this yeah. on the podcast before there was a video that lit us all gas lit us all like what? On what fire. Is this? it was a video that buzzfeed did uh i oh, think dear. it was buzzfeed or some whatever. i think it started with buzzfeed yeah, yeah. basically it was that's like the a response gay dude to buzzfeed called... you go oh dear <laughs> it was basically <laughs> a gay dude touches a vagina for the first gay guys see vaginas for the first time and all of them yeah all of them different men were going screaming gross, squealing and, yeah. and and that is a common thing that really lights my fire in terms of uh the hatred of men because i i it's so misogynistic yeah. and yet there's a pass given because it's 
quote-unquote non-threatening. Yeah. And yet it's equally as awful yeah. to women as a straight guy doing the right. same but, exact thing. But, I mean, it's gay people doing it, but it's also straight people finding it amusing. because Exactly. This, I mean, and they're sort of co-opting this idea right. that, oh, this gay man is so silly for yeah. being disgusted by a vagina. Look how silly this guy is. And right. it's like, there's so many layers of discrimination happening within it. this I one package. It. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, my, like... You know, you don't have to like anything. I don't like a lot of stuff. Um, But my only concern is that, you know, I've internalized enough Mm anti-vagina stuff that, you know, I don't even, I don't need another person who ain't got no business with it talking about why it's ugly or whatever. I mean, like, yeah, there's a lot of anxiety that women feel about smells and, you know, fluids and things like that. And it's just like, you would hope that a person who doesn't have to engage with it regularly isn't going to. I mean, not that, you know, because you have sex with vaginas, you get to disparage them, too. But just like it wouldn't it doesn't cost you anything to not be mean. about Exactly. exactly. It doesn't cost you. Any, that's so oh, smart. Quick, it doesn't cost you anything side not to be mean. Yeah. Yeah. Quick side note. Land, when we start talking about vaginas, could you please add the barf sound? Effect? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There's one thing that has always kind of bugged me, too, is that um, a. a an adjective for a type of drag queen who fish. is a very feminine is fish yeah. or fishy. Yeah. And I've always just been like, oh that's not nice. Yeah. I don't know. It just, if the references that we're talking about, like a vagina being fishy or smelling, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, come on, just don't. Yeah. don't say that fishy. one doesn't bother me. Yeah, I've heard a lot. Me. It doesn't bother me really because I mean, it shouldn't. Why would it bother me? Because it's like I'm not a woman, so I'm not. I don't. I don't empathize with that. But I've heard it explained before on <laughs> Alaska Thunderfucks and Willem's podcast, um, Race Chaser, where and Alaska said it. Alaska's a really popular drag queen. Oh, she, of course, I'm in. You're I in. Know. You got. I had, didn't know if I had to I'm explain. In, but she described it in such a way that like was so interesting that. Yes, of course, it's a reference to something that is sort of disparaging to women, but also it's a reference to being the most beautiful woman possible, being very womanly and being very sort of in in your very female-centered self. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, And in a way, it's almost... A tribute. A compliment. It's, I don't buy that. But, but yeah, but, <laughs> but I know what you, it But it's also, it but it's also like, me, but, I don't but buy it's that also bad. It's also bad. Yeah, it's like I this mean, weird. You can't reclaim a thing that wasn't a slur at you. Exactly. So I'm not going to buy the explanation. It doesn't bother me, but mm. don't offer me that bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, it's, like, it's like talking about how like great the gay community is by calling them all shitholes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Ray. Mm. I could talk about hating men all day, <laughs> but we have a limited amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I'm on Twitter, Ray Sani. I'm on <laughs> Instagram as Rough Fizzle 87. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being That's here. Great. It was so much fun. It was such a great conversation. <laughs> I just had a good time with y'all. Thank Thanks. You. ButcherBox delivers healthy, 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage-breed pork. And each box comes with at least 8 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual-sized meals. You can choose from five different box types. There's beef, beef and chicken, 
beef and pork, a mix box, or a custom box where you are allowed to choose your own cuts. But if you're like me, you like to keep your options open and not just have one piece of meat. You can get a different box, a curated box that has different types of meat in it, like chicken and beef, or beef and pork, all kinds of stuff. And of course, as Elliot said, it's all that free range and it's or it's hormone and antibiotic free. But what's cool is that Butcher Box carefully curates the finest selections and makes it a breeze to customize your own delivery. And someone here got a box of meat That's and right. didn't invite us over to eat the Who meat. Was That's it? correct, because I don't like you guys enough to share <laughs> the, the meat that I received from Butcher Box. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. What'd they you sent get? me beef, pork, mm-hmm. and chicken. Every cut of meat was incredible. I literally don't buy meat that is this delicious and fresh in my normal life. So it was such a treat to have something so fresh. Sounds like it was good. Sounds delicious. Fresh and juicy. Also, uh, ButcherBox is now announcing their new brand of protein, Wild Alaskan Salmon. ButcherBox sources their pure, sustainably harvested salmon from from Bristol Bay, Alaska. So for $20 (laughs) off your first box and two pounds of free salmon, go to ButcherBox.com slash worse and enter the promo code worse. Now, let me just repeat that. $20 off your first box and two pounds of free salmon. Just go to butcherbox.com slash worse and enter the promo code worse. Enjoy your meat. The man's going to send you meat. (laughs) Dorothy, the man man sent sent you meat. meat. And another thing. So there was a study... I love studies. You do. Yeah, Almost as much as Brent. You love studies. I do enjoy studies. You love statistics I and love statistics. polling data to I the point where I'm just data. like, I don't know the poll in South Carolina's Charleston it, district. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> you are very flippant in our text occasionally. When, I will say this. I will say this. Whenever I send you something you don't know anything about, which is rare, yeah. but you... It's like you're indignant and you're like, I don't know anything about that. And you yeah. like instantly shut the conversation down. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. Don't get angry at me, yeah. Alan. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, there's a, there was a study out of Dalhousie in Dalhousie. I, I think it's a college in Canada. Mm-hmm. Again, uh-huh. I should know, but I don't. Yeah, it's fine. Anyway, it was covered pretty, It was covered uh, a little bit here and there in like the gay world or whatever. Sure. But it was really interesting because it – at least for me. Explain what it is. Yeah, it yeah. was a study that where they interviewed um, a bunch of self-identified gay guys and photographed aspects of their lives, lives relating to experiences with food, body image, and health. And they found all these, you know, very common uh, patterns with them dealing with, like, nutrition and obesity and this incredible social demand for them as gay yeah. guys to eat healthy to achieve a perfect body yeah. and it was linked to anxiety and depression and serious mental health consequences and i just thought you know i just was like yeah like well i, I don't know i just find, you know i do find it like something that's not spoken about enough and i think it's for such sure. a real thing and even in this group in you know, I don't even know where this university is or where the, but like still, it's like, could someone please Wikipedia Dalhousie? <laughs> it was just, it was just really, I think, refreshing. No, it to is. See there the aren't truth. enough studies on sort of gay male identity in a lot of ways, primarily because, you know, the gay rights movement is 
relatively new within the span of studies of the past hundred years. And there there had not been much federal money or college money sure. spent on a very niche part of a community that they're looking into studying. So, yeah, this where this is in the era of sort of marriage equality. We are seeing new numbers of statistics yeah. coming out about what it means to be gay in this country right now. Well, I this is obviously very personal, I think, to all of us. Yeah. But I have so many body issues. I mean, you yeah, guys know this about me. me. I don't even look at myself in the mirror shirtless unless I'm giving myself a haircut. In right. which case, I have no choice. That, <laughs> do you point that to being, point that to being from yeah. sexuality? I I think I think fundamentally it boils down to a couple things. I think as a gay man, obviously, our as David Smithman always says, our main currency is sexuality. So you want to seem attractive to other people, and how you how do you quote seem attractive? You work on your body, and the other thing that I think is fundamental is we are watching porn. Not everyone watches porn, but I think most people watch porn a little bit or a lot. This is the case. It's a part of their lives in a way. I mean, if you're gay, it's a part of your life. And if you're watching gay porn, you're watching two people, both of whom look great. Yeah. uh, Depending upon the type of porn. Depending upon, of course. But, like, I've watched a lot of straight porn, and straight porn is not challenging the men. I love that porn where one guy's skinny and one guy's fat. I love that. Sure, sure. I like old, young porn. Anyway, not always, uh, but I dabble. But um, there's a a lot of straight porn is like a dud. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's I would even argue out of shape. Well, by the way, I'm just I'm always curious. Like when straight guys watch porn, like what what do they want to see? Like again, I'm just quoting like Howard Stern here, but he's like, I don't want to see. He says he doesn't want. This is a tangent, but he's like, I don't want to see like full vag. Like he's like, I don't want to see the ins. I don't want to see like yeah. full meat curtains. He also says I don't want to see dick. As if I don't have to. What is, uh-huh. So what does he want to see? Exactly. I'm like, what does he want to see? Just face. But anyway, wait. This is going yeah. off because I yeah. want to also point to the fact that this past week somebody said to me, um, somebody said that somebody used the term church for the gym for gay guys. That's, yeah. Oh yeah. And that's I've yeah, never I've heard, heard of that. that. That's an old that joke. I mean, it's from they did it on Will and Grace years ago, but it's an old joke where basically oh, like the punchline is, yeah, this is I'm going to gay church gym, which I mean, yeah, it is a bummer that 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 is identified with being gay, being physically fit and and sort of being very vain about your appearance. Um but it's an old joke. It's a catty joke. And right. I just I just changed apartments and you should have seen the horror what I noticed on the first night, the mirror situation in my new bathroom, Uh-oh. which is very tricky to like get around the mirror. Uh, <laughs> Wait, why? What's the mirror situation? The mirror situation. I don't want to see myself shirtless because I lose motivation because I never look as good as I think I should. Interesting. And that will that will therefore. It's not that I think I look bad, but I will therefore how lose motivation avoid, in like, going to the. You gym. don't need a mirror to see yourself shirtless. Like, how do you? How do you just not look down if you're shirtless? Yeah, I just don't look at the mirror when I'm not wearing a shirt. But like, what do you do like when you're in the shower and you're like, do you see? I your don't chest? have a mirror in the shower. No, but you see your. Chest. I mean, I can, I can, I can do, I can look at myself that way. Yes, because okay. it's almost like it's like a different. It's not a selfie angle, kind of. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, the, looking this, straight on and, and myself in the mirror is like is just gives me anxiety. See, I, see, I mean, I, I, it does I, for me is, too. It does very it, much so. It doesn't. I mean, I think, I think. You know, I've always been, I've always had a weight problem, like, throughout my entire life. I was a heavy kid, and I was a heavy adult, and I teeter-totter between, like, right now I'm skewing on the heavier side, and then sometimes... Excuse me, you're beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Did and sometimes, cha- and sometimes I'm thinner. I mean, and it just, it just, I just, I, I teeter-totter. And 
How much does being gay affect that? My weight gain? Uh, how you feel? <laughs> um, I honestly, and I think I'm, I'm maybe I'm different from everyone else, but it, I don't think being gay has ever really influenced my weight so much. I think, or I guess, or more than that, just how you feel about your appearance. I love. I love the way I look. And I was Good. just going to I was just going to say I really love looking in the mirror and getting ready and I love like even today leaving the house I I was like should I put on real shoes? And no, I didn't. So I'm wearing he these did like so he did not put on real I'm shoes. I'm wearing these like furry Uggs. They look and, so comfortable. And, and they're obnoxious. they're like slippers. They're obnoxious and ridiculous and like they are ridiculous. And, and I think and I think about my appearance and you know like I like I like wearing nail polish and I I like I like doing things that Flowing silks, yeah. I like. I just like existing in the way I exist, and I don't look at myself in the mirror and feel bad about the way I look. Even though sometimes I do wish I was thinner. Sure. But but what was interesting is I don't wish I was thinner to meet a certain sexual standard for somebody else. Right. I wish I was thinner to fit into certain clothes I want to wear that I think would look good if I was thinner. Right. It has nothing to do with the sexual satisfaction of anybody else or myself. That's great. Which I mean, <laughs> I want. Is that. it great? I don't know, but. It I is great. I, I don't great. know. I don't know if it's. I, and I, I don't know if it's healthy or not. Like I don't know any of those things. But I think that. I don't know. I just think we need to like a, just change the way we're thinking about ourselves. Yeah, like, it's it's so like hard. you shirtless is not necessarily inherently a sexual thing, and and it shouldn't necessarily yeah. have to dictate how you view yourself sexually or how you yeah, view yourself not... aesthetically to the world. I mean, look, you you know, your lips to. What, what's that God's phrase? Your, from God, your mouth to God's ears. From your ears. mouth yeah. to God's ears. I mean, I I couldn't agree more. It's just literally ingrained in me for since as long as I can remember, which is like this vague disappointment. And, and it's I from think gay another people. Thing, it's from gay. It's from the gay. I, no, not from gay people, but I do think it's from gay, gay culture. Ether. Yeah, the ether. I think is a uh, yeah, yeah. This I'm pointing my finger really at no one uh, institutionally or not. The other thing is, it's hard for me to get over the fact that other people might be attracted to things I'm not attracted to. So the so which is to say, I'm not, say, attracted to how I look. Uh but it's almost impossible for me to believe that someone else could. Someone else could be attracted to what? To, to you? W- to me. Uh-huh. Why? So I because the way I think is like, well, everyone is attracted to the same thing. Why would you not be attracted to what I'm attracted oh, to? Oh, so you're you're imagining that that you're seeing a world in which uh, gay guys are attracted to the ideal that you see, yes. which is like leanness, abs. <clears throat> yes, yes, yeah, a, right. a sort of Nordic ideal right. of of a, if of a you man. don't if you don't achieve my standard of beauty, then you aren't quote attractive, and therefore, how could someone find me attractive because I haven't achieved my standard of beauty? Right. I do think we're getting to a place though, and even though this is very much, I mean, because of Instagram and lots of different things, there is a sexualization of sort of how one physical appearance is supposed to dictate how you're supposed to appear right. for a community, and that still exists, sure. But I do think we're getting to a place where, and I think RuPaul's Drag Race is actually helping it, where because it is by far probably the biggest queer statement on television mm-hmm. and in popular culture right now. Uh, and it's the biggest queer representation in culture right now. And the people on the show, I mean, you have a handful. I mean, you splooge over Cameron Michaels. I do not. Um, <laughs> I do not. I like his dancing. You're, you've, I've, I quote, you're mesmerized. By his dancing. <laughs> it's just his dancing. Really. 
<laughs> but that being said, they're the people on the show aren't necessarily there because physically no, they're yeah. they're in their boy drag, they look beautiful. Right. But it, but, but, but not to say that they aren't pretty, but, no, but they're they, they're, they're celebrated for the identity in which they're choosing to appear yeah. as. And but often the article, in a feminine body. Yes. But incidentally, yes, of course, the participants, uh, t- as they, as it says in the study, they talked about the immense pressures of social media and muscular bodies. But, and also saying that expectations upon them are unrealistic, which mm-hmm. I think is true. But really interesting. I mean, what's sad about it and truthful is that the consequences that they talked about were, were disordered eating, the st- stigmas of rejection, isolation, and also avoidance of sex. Yeah, and I think that's so fascinating because mm. so often. It's potentially self-perpetuated, but nevertheless, the myth of constant gay sex, constant constant sex being constant among gay guys. Or more so feeling like you have to have have it. And here is a perfect example of the other side of that, of Mm -hmm. wanting to avoid sex because you can't feel good enough. And it's just, you know, I do that. I, I did this. I did it this week. Uh, because it's after Christmas and I feel gross, mm-hmm. so I'm like, I went on a date. And I'm like, there is absolutely no chance we go back to my apartment. Mm. And you found that because yeah. of because exclusively, you just felt gross. and and probably my weight fluctuates a pound. You know, in a month I'll be one pound less than I am now. My right. weight has largely always been the same, so it's just like all in my head. And yet, I mean, that's that. I mean, isn't that what it is? Like sometimes, if I see a picture of myself and I do happen to look good. Then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I look good, and I can look at myself shirtless, yeah. and then I'll find I'll find a bad picture, a bad angle, and it's like, oh, I look bad, or I skip, I miss the gym because I get sick or something. Well, I must look bad, and therefore I, when I look, I look bad. I don't. I, 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 I should same. clarify. I don't necessarily think I always look good. Like I look at pictures, you know, that we take for the podcast with guests and stuff, and I hate the way I look. That said, I think I'm okay with it just being what it is. Like I can't. I can't change that moment and that picture and that time. And yeah. I know that it isn't indicative of who I am outside or sexually or in any capacity, how I present myself to the world. And it's, it's not, I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't yeah. weigh on me in the way that I think maybe it some does some other people. That's, that's for me. Yeah. I wish it didn't. And yeah. I'm in therapy and I can look at like you know, pathologies of my childhood and history and whatever, but it's like, God, I wish it weren't so, um, weren't such an omnipresent. Yeah, so it w- I just wish yeah. it weren't so ubiquitous, but it is. It I do is. have an eating problem, though. Like I have a problem because as a kid, I remember I was always shamed for wanting to eat a lot or yeah. like wanting sweets or like my stepmom. We, we had like ho hos or the cupcakes, the Hostess cupcakes. Sure, upstairs, and I would always want to eat them because they're delicious. Yeah, because they're good. And uh, and I would always want like two at a time or something, and people would comment on that, or I'd have two bowls of cereal, and people would comment on the two bowls of cereal. And so now I find there's a lot of shame in my head and and I'll still want that second bowl of cereal and I will eat that second bowl of cereal but I'll feel bad about the second bowl of cereal oh, for sure yeah, do you, that also explains whenever I'm over at your house not very fun snack foods <laughs> really Alan does not have fun you have like almonds yeah. unsalted yeah usually you're a well, healthy eater you're a healthy eater I mean I am and I'm not it goes in spurts you like, can indulge but you generally eat pretty healthily I think I'm conscious of what I'm eating I just feel like oh wow I am controlled all the time by like fear of food, weight, diet, yeah. and thus, and the gay, and sex. And it's all, yeah. cir- you know, um, circuitous or whatever. And it's like, fuck, I'm, I'm like controlled by it. 
Well, we should talk about. We should talk about that. That's a good thing to talk about. <laughs> that's, wait, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. That's why this study was like, oh my god, like it's it's just it's so real, and I feel like it's not spoken about enough because it's hard wait, to admit. So it's I know I know where you're coming from, which is which is to say, sometimes you're trapped. Like you're hungry. Uh, this, uh, you're hungry, and. For me, I'm a penny pincher, so I'm hungry, so I don't want to buy anything expensive. But then I'm also balancing calories, and then I'm balancing, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm putting in my body. And, and is it also sometimes it's like, is it good for the world? Am I buying something that's bad for the world? You know, all this shit. But in in particular, I, in fact, I just started buying popcorn because I'm like, well, it's a it's a locale snack, and and it's like sometimes you're like, I just want to drop this. Like I'm, I'd love to drop I, it, but, I, it's but all... I don't know how to. Yeah, and I I do feel like where we live makes it harder. L.A. I, I, sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't have that. No. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a it's a prison. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's it a is prison. I suppose. I guess it is, but it's also I think a part of sort of your own outlook on the world and and, and letting it get to you in a I, way. I know. That is absolutely. Like, and they say in this, it says in the study the guys in the study talked about how constantly thinking about food and body ideals leads them to lose themselves in feelings of inadequacy, yeah, anxiety, yeah. self-esteem, and depression. It's like, yeah. yeah, I just, I feel like, I mean, I absolutely identify with that, and I'm surprised, I guess I'm surprised that I don't hear more about it. Yeah, me too. You mean in, in media? or in gay circles. Yeah. But in gay media, I feel like, I mean, I don't, I don't read, I know you certainly uh, read queerty and all these things more than I do, but I've, I've never had someone send me an article about body image issues uh, mm. from these. I'm sure they exist, but they aren't regularly discussed. No. Certainly as, as compared, they'll write an article about a shirtless pic but from, you know, Tom Daly or whatever. Well, but, I think yeah. that's where a lot of the patriarchy does come into this, that it does feel like you're a bit of a pansy if you talk about feeling fat mm-hmm. or feeling totally. feeling like yeah. you know t- body image issues or weight issues it feels and, very feminine and almost to the point where you're not you're not being masculine yeah, and you're I not th- being you know and to add to that i think that the the sort of uh even though cheap, it's not a gendered thing right but the cheap solution to that or the short term solution to that is when i do look at these sites they try to do like a thing where they'll they'll do a photo roundup of like hot guys on instagram which is like Okay, that's setting up a lot of expectations, but they'll try to make it diverse. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing, but it's still, like you just said, it still feeds the same patriarchal idea that, like, it's body, 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 and you're a pansy if you want to talk about feelings. Yeah. So here are more pictures of hot guys, and yes, some of them are black, and yes, some of them are Asian, and yes, some of them are bigger than others, but it's like... Believe it or not, some of them are black. Well, some of them are Asian. You know what I think we should do? I think we should, because I recently did this, and I know you went after me, went to Carl's Jr., and I had the Beyond Meat Burger, the fake meat burger, but I added Uh bacon to it, and I had fries, and I had the French toast sticks, the dipper that go with it and it was the most delicious meal ever well, I, I think go, we should go there and feel no shame yes but you should add that I should clarify going after you doesn't mean that I went went for you it means I no. also followed and then ate the same food oh, yes. <laughs> yes I will yeah. say I was confused by great. that too no 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 no, no, no. I think Carl's Jr. sucks really yeah I really oh do. no I disagree yeah I, I mean I, it, it's absurd I mean first of all Arby's is number one we all know that well for our, uh, okay well, I mean this is not but best well, what's it called the Better burger? What's it called? The Beyond the Meat. Impossible. Be- okay, impossible Beyond burger. Meat or Impossible? No, it's two different things. So oh. what, did you like the better, this Beyond Meat or do you like the Impossible Burger? They don't have both. 
Right. I had, the, you impossible had the impossible burger. burger. It's it's the one that whatever's at Carl's Jr. is yeah. the one I ate. The impossible burger <laughs> is better than the one that Carl's Jr. I've had the impossible burger and I think that's at Amami mm-hmm. or whatever. Yes. And that's okay too. Yeah. I didn't like that I had to pay that much for it. It's better. I, I think I don't think anything's yeah. worth paying that much. Though. Okay, we're getting in the weeds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, just to close it out. Um, now we can close it out on burgers. <laughs> what would your aunt say, Brent? What would your aunt uh, Ramona say about something she heard on the podcast today? She say, "I've seen your grinder pick. You need to work on your shoulders." Oh no! I know my aunt Joanne would say, um, "Cinema? What is that? Italian? Cinema?" <laughs> Alan, what would uh, Aunt Anne say about something on today's show? I love Carl's Jr., a.k.a. Hardee's, in my neck of the woods. That's true. Biscuits and gravy. It's the same place? Hardee's is Carl's Jr. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hardee's is in the Midwest, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Well, my mind is now blown. (laughs) Really? I'm Elliot. For for your making it worse, I'm Elliot Glazer. I am stuffed up. And Brent Sullivan. And gorgeous. <laughs> and I'm H. Allen. I don't give a fuck, Scott. <laughs> this podcast was brought to you by Starburns Audio. Produced by Land Romo and was engineered by Matt Brousseau. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts.